I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me on the pod this week to look ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with AFC Wimbledon's Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Have you got over the disappointment of the uh, draw with Shrewsbury and you're raring to go again against the Dons? Very much so. Yeah, looking forward to getting back down to the Valley again, as long as Boya doesn't tell me off for being quiet this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, if you hadn't been so quiet, Tom, personally, <laughs> then uh, then maybe we wouldn't have had to. Right, so on uh, this week's uh, big match preview, obviously, uh, we will be looking ahead to that game with AFC Wimbledon. We'll be hearing from uh, uh, Chris from the Nine Years podcast from AFC Wimbledon. here, obviously, from Lee Bowyer, his uh, preview uh, of the game. We've got a few other bits and pieces with uh, Lee th- this evening. He talks about, you know, sort of taking stock, really, of where we are at this point. Uh, in the season and of course the fact that the crowd are going to be in again on Saturday we're also going to hear from the skipper Jason Pierce caught up with Piercy after the game uh, against Shrewsbury last weekend to ask him how it feels about uh, getting back into action obviously having not played a league game uh, since the end of last season so plenty to get our teeth into uh, on this week's big match preview and I think straight away we should dive into a little bit of audio uh, with Lee Bowie now as he's press day today he spoke to Terry uh, Terry Smith this morning uh, and, and Terry uh, he raised a good point really you know obviously uh, tempers were flared weren't they at the end of uh, the end of the game against Shrewsbury we'd thrown away points uh, right at the death we hadn't played particularly well either uh, Bo was fuming during his post-match interview um, so Terry now with a a few days grace in between the end of the game and where we are now. Ask Bo uh, if if he's had a chance to sort of take stock as where we are, not just in, in in as you know after the game against Shrewsbury, but obviously in the season itself. You know, sitting in sixth in in the league table is Bo happy with how we're doing at the moment. So Terry says with with a calm ahead, uh, does uh, Lee now see that point away from home at Shrewsbury as a better point? Uh, I will never accept not winning. Like I'll never just say, oh yeah, that's okay. You know, like especially the way the game played out as well. I think um, we should be sitting third. I'm, I'm, I'm not stupid. And and the, the way I am, I'm, I'm an, I like to think you realise now, everyone realises that when I speak, I speak honestly. And and um, we should be sitting in third now. And uh, sit, uh, we should be sitting in third now. And um, But we're not. And we're still not in a bad position. And taking into account everything that's going on, like, with some of the injuries that we've got. And I think sixth is a fair place from where we're sitting. I want to be higher. Um, but from where we are and everything that's gone on behind the scenes, I think um, sixth is fair. Um, but yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that we, we're not sitting in third because my job is to keep pushing them and, and get the best out of everyone and, and finish as high as we can. So if, uh, if something affects that, which happened on Saturday, obviously affected that. 
and um, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm never really going to come away from home and think, oh, yeah, we got a point, great. Like, very rarely will you ever hear me say that because I wouldn't win it every game. Touching on that, and on a wider note, lastly, Lee, um, you mentioned before about uh, when you first came in and the, uh, and the excitement that, that um, football brought and the, and the team we had brought. We've got a different side and a different setup this time around. <clears throat> Do you think it's taking everybody just a little bit of time to get used to the fact that we're, we're not the same side that, that we were two years ago in terms of style? Let's say we haven't got the same players, so we've got to, we've almost got to win differently. Yeah, yeah, and and this is the thing, and because we don't have much time on a training pitch, so you don't, you can't try things out so much, you know, and you can't teach them as much as what you would like to teach them as individuals and as a group. Um, this week we've had a couple of days with them, and uh, to to do some stuff that I think that that we lack. Um, today we'll do a bit of shape work, which is which is going to be important. Again, we've not really been able to do that in, in, since we've we've come back. So yeah, I, I think um, we have to realise that the season we went up, that was a completely different set of players to what we have now. We we was we had a lot of energy in that team. Um, the, the the people up top, you know, like. Carlin's gone on, Lowell's gone on, you know, like that. them two were, were very good for us two years ago. And um, the, the, just the squad that we had from last season, and it, we've got a different squad of players now. And, and it's my job to find a different way of winning because we, we ain't going to be able to play the way that we've played in the past because we don't have that personnel. Um, that That's a fact. Um, so, yeah. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. And, and when we went on that run, we, we went back to like a 4-4-2 at times. And um, yeah, people will say, oh, a bit old-fashioned, that 4-4-2, but that 4-4-2 works. Um, I think Southampton, I think Southampton are the team that's doing it in the Premier League and look how well they're doing with it. So it's not so much about you, you your... Um, your shape or anything like that, your formations, your personnel have to do the right things and on the pitch. And that's what we're finding out. Good things and bad things that, that people have brought to our squad now. And, and we are adapting all the time. It doesn't help when you don't have four, you four centre-halves available. <laughs> that doesn't help. That puts a massive dent in it. So, um, but yeah, we're adapting and we're finding different ways to win. The weekend was a different way that we, we, we nearly found a, a way to win. But you've got to remember, like the teams we've played, Fleetwood, good side, Oxford, good side, Ipswich, good side, Portsmouth, good side, like we're, we've beaten all of them. So we're not bad. So don't, don't, it's not all negative, you know, like, but we've found different ways to beat them. We beat Portsmouth and we'll be Ipswich playing a diamond. We beat Fleetwood, we beat Oxford playing 4 4 2. So, there's different ways of winning games. and But the most important thing is, like I've said before, you can't afford to carry any players because if you do, then you lose games. So, um, but yeah, we're finding different ways and, and seeing the different strengths and weaknesses from, from our own players. So there we go, Lee Bowie uh, speaking during today's press day. You can watch the whole thing over on Valley Pass. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can hear... He, he's, he's never happy with where we are. He's certainly not happy to go away to Shrewsbury and, and, and take a point because before the game, he wanted all three. Um, but 
you know, you do take stock of where we are, Tom, this season, everything that's gone before us, you know, the the takeover that, that's, you know, come in and, and helped us out, obviously. But before that, there was the, the transfer embargo and the, the wage cap, even with the takeover in place. It has made things difficult. And, and obviously, expectations were raised during that six-game winning streak that we had. Um, but sitting in sixth, I mean, what, you sit down now a week away from no midweek game, so you've been able to take a step back and survey how we've done so far. Are you happy, Tom? Do you think we could be doing better? Do you think we could be doing worse? I think, based on the squad we've got, we could be doing better. But at the start of the season, I would have expected us to be doing a lot worse. So, yeah, I think if you do take stock now, and usually, what, a week or two's time when we do our the last show before Christmas, we tend to do a little review of where we are, don't we? So we're, we're just having to do it a couple of weeks early this, this year. But I think on the whole, if you reflect on the season from whenever it started, we're in a very good position. Uh, I think given where we were in August, September, if, if you'd have told me we'd be in places around the playoff places at this stage in the season, I'd have, I'd have taken it. And it's very easy to get, negative based on the last few results because they've been against sides that we'd have perhaps expected to beat and obviously there has been fallout with the the Johnny Williams incident the Boya uh sort of criticizing the fans or or sort of saying the fans weren't loud enough at MK Dons um you hear of rumors of of training ground you know what's going on there it's very easy to paint a very negative picture of things right now. But if we take a step back and look at the last 10, 15 games, actually, we've won a lot. Okay, we've had a couple of poor results. Uh, and I don't think performances over the season as a whole, I don't think we've really had a performance where I've thought we've been outstanding yet. But this is still a group of players that we're, we know are going to take time to gel. And I think maybe we got a little bit carried away with the fact that we were getting a lot of a lot of wins and we went on that run of clean sheets. I would argue we didn't play brilliantly, particularly in any of those games either. So it's just the nature of this league. It is a bit up and down. At the moment, we're in a better position than I certainly thought we'd be. Yes, the last few few games haven't been what we want. But if we can pick up a couple in the run-up to Christmas and, and get into the new year, then hopefully we can start to turn it around again. So, yeah, it, it's interesting what a week not having a game does for your, your mentality. And I'm certainly a lot less worried about it now than I was at full time on Saturday. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And uh, it, it just gives you that space to calm down. And when it's so relentless over and over and there's so much pressure on the players and they have to deliver again and again on, on, on a, a Saturday, Tuesday or a Saturday, Wednesday, it does, it does add up and it does take away that opportunity for a bit of breathing space to take a step back and see how we're feeling. Because I was probably the same sort of early this week. You you need things to calm down a little bit and, and we've seen that now but was talking a lot about you know some of the teams we've beaten this this season we have beaten some of the better sides you know we've uh we've gone to Ipswich and Portsmouth who are both you know third and fourth and, and beaten them two new away and they, those two probably were our best performances uh of the season um you know beating a Fleetwood side who are in in the top half and I think look quite good you know I think we, we, we we've got some good results this season, and I agree with you that not in that some of those games in our winning streak weren't vintage. We just seem to be quite clinical. And and Bo again, he was asked by 
by Terry about finding that that different way to win games. And that is something that we have to become accustomed to because at, at the end of the season where we got promoted a couple of years ago and we were smashing Scunny and, and Rochdale 4-0 and we looked like the best team in the division by the end of it. And, you know, that that's not us this season. And we, we do have to find a different way. And maybe that has been a bit of a wake-up call to a lot of us who think, you know, we're Charlton, we're this massive club in League One. We should be handing out spankings left, right and centre. But that's probably not going to be the case this season unless well unless Nathan's coming around (laughs) not again I think yeah you're right and it's very easy in hindsight to build those sides up to to kind of what you remember them as at the end and what I mean by that is you think of that pal side against Hartlepool winning 4-0 at home sell out stadium uh, Kermagant scoring that wonder goal record points tally it's very easy at that point uh, to now looking at that that team and thinking that. But let's not forget that there were tough points at that. You know, we ground out a really hard-fought win against Huddersfield at home in that, who were on that unbeaten run. We The two Sheffield clubs, we beat with two pieces. Um, you look at the side that got promoted, as you, as you say, at Wembley, um, and it's very easy to look at the Wembley game, Johnny coming on and turning that game around, obviously the likes of Arebo in the midfield, B Cullen and looking at where they've gone now and and reminiscing about that and making it sound like the team now isn't as good. But in the middle of that season, there were down times where we were struggling and we had injuries and we weren't playing as well. And so you have to take that in the context that it is. And, and this season's exactly the same, you know. We're in a, a little period at the moment. We've had a couple of bad results, but... At the end of this season, we might be looking back in the same way we were when we signed them and saying that the likes of Shinny and Madison and Gilby, you know, are another of these vintage chart midfields that have managed to get us promotion. And so when you're in the middle of it, it's sometimes hard to see that and you just have to take the games as they come. And I admit that at the moment we haven't been playing particularly well and the last few results haven't been great. But in the wider context, we are still probably in the sort of position in the league where we'd like to be and Boyer's only criticism of wanting to be third comes from two things one as you said he's just hates it if we don't win a game and two again as you said we've had a little chance now to reflect when he comes out after Shrewsbury he doesn't get that chance to reflect he's coming out and he's angry and so of course he wants to be third because we were a few minutes away from being third so yeah I think I don't think we're doing too badly um, against ex expectations we're probably slightly ahead of where we we thought we'd be um and we've just got to hope that these players do gel because if we do stay like this and we keep sort of going up and down then we are gonna just about scrape into playoffs or maybe not make it but if we can start to get that consistency towards the back end of the season like you mentioned we did a couple of seasons ago then we could be in a good place come may or whenever it is that the season actually finishes so yeah all things considered i don't think we're doing too badly Mm. Mate, it does make Saturday important though, because you know we're all well aware that we're on this run of one win in five games, and I'd say, well, three at least three of those games we played particularly poorly. Um, you know, Shrews- Shrewsbury we were poor, MK uh, we were poor, and obviously the the Burton Albion game in that run we were poor, but that obviously sandwiched by the Ipswich win where we played well and deals away. You know, we weren't at our best, but I didn't think we were quite as bad as, as the other three games. But we, that, the one thing that Bo won't want to see is us getting sucked in now to this run and, and extending beyond where we are because that that's when things can really start to drag you down, especially, again, as it is a, a Saturday, Tuesday coming up this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
and that's the thing. And the problem with this league is, of course, and particularly with this sort of constricted season, is it is going to be relentless. And, you know, we still haven't got the biggest squad in the world. There are still players who uh, are coming back from injury. And so, you know, we're still not, I wouldn't say we're in a perfect place yet with his squad. I'm sure he's happier than he was in August when he had about five players. But we are still a work in progress, I think. And it's very easy to get carried away because Sangard's come in, because we've players in and players who... You know, players like Shinny, who came with a great reputation, like Gilby, who'd been player of the year at MK Dons. Um, it's very easy to start to get carried away. And actually, if we take stock, it is going to take some time. And it's also going to take time for Boya to adjust as well. I was I was trying to think about it at a, this week and think, why is it that he's been, you know, slightly tetchy in a couple of the, the post-match interviews? And he's got a different pressure on him now because he's got a boss that's actively interested in how he does. He's got a boss who's certainly expectations of him and he's I don't want to say not got excuses because I don't think Boyer is a man who necessarily looks for excuses but he's got a squad there now that are definitely capable of getting promoted and so the pressure on him is is different to how it has been in recent years he also is probably just absolutely exhausted and while you're in the middle of that anyone who's in any know when you're in the middle of a, a project that's relentless like that you you kind of find a way to keep going when you almost have that period where things are slightly easier, it, it all catches up with you a bit. And it, there may just be a case as well. I haven't seen press day today, so I don't know what he looked like in terms of his mannerisms. But the quotes that I've seen, he certainly looks a little bit more positive. Now he's had a few days to kind of ruminate on things. So, yeah, I think you're right. We do have to be careful of getting into a, a scrap. And we know how difficult that this league can be. Um, but Bowie is very level-headed in terms of that and he very much takes it one game at a time. And yeah, I think that's the way we've just got to keep going, really. It's worked for us in the past and, and I'm sure it'll work for us again because, as I said a, a couple of minutes ago, this is definitely a squad that are capable of getting promoted. It, it just needs needs to click, really. Hmm. Now, I mean, one thing that will be very interesting over the next few weeks, though, of course, will be the fallout from that incident against Shrewsbury where Johnny Williams was was taken off uh, only 23 minutes after coming on um you know there was there was comments in 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 Bo's clip that we heard there about you know we can't afford to carry any player um what, what do you think is going to happen next i mean there was there was a post on instagram from williams this week about and he speak be be spoken to how, how you want to be spoken to or something like that you know i mean i mean there's no definite indication that was certainly about Johnny Williams, about uh, Lee Bowyer, but I mean, people might look at that and, and, and what's happened this week and think, oh, I do wonder if that's related. Um, I mean, what were, I mean, obviously you weren't, you weren't about on Sunday, so I'd be interested to know what your view was on that substitution and how you think both player and manager will react to the fallout from that. Yeah, it's a difficult one and, and I obviously have to caveat this by, as everyone knows, love for Johnny Williams, but I, I was hugely disappointed with it um I didn't see the incident itself so I can't speak for that but from the sound of it it led to a chance but to to haul him off in that manner and be so reactionary to me it seems slightly targeted I, I I've seen other incidents where players have done things that Bowyer isn't happy with and he's given them a chance to to put things right um, now, whether that's because he has an issue with Johnny Williams in, individually, obviously I can't say for that, or whether it was just he was a frustrated figure on Saturday anyway, or whatever the reasoning was. I, I feel like, and, and I had this debate with a few people on Twitter throughout the week, that 
as a manager, you're responsible for handling your staff and people react very differently. And there's been lots of people saying he called Morgan out publicly and he called Bogle out publicly and he called Macaulay Bon out publicly a couple uh, last season. And and those players performed. And obviously we've seen that with Albie Morgan now. And that's fair enough. But enough of us, we don't work with Johnny Williams every day, but enough of us know enough about him to know that he's probably not going to react in the same way. We've seen the documentary. We've seen his interview bits of his interview with a psychiatrist we know the sort of personality he is and he needs a lot of support and encouragement and so hauling him off for something like that is probably not going to get the best out of him um and it's a shame because lots of the Boya has been quite public about Johnny and about his goal scoring and stuff and that that did seem to have an effect but he said it in a more encouraging manner he got his goal for Wales he got his goal for us against Portsmouth and I would have said performances were picking up um so I was frustrated. I think the best answer is to pick him from the start and give him a chance to repair his week. And then you'll get an idea of where Johnny's head's at. Because if he performs well, you know that he's not worried about it. And if he struggles, at that point, you have to start to look at whether that relationship has completely broken down or not. And I wish it wasn't being played out in public. And whether Johnny's comment was about Boya or not, I don't know. But obviously Boya's side of that was very public in him taking him off and then criticising him in in the press after the game. So, yeah, it's a shame it's being played out in public. It it would be nice if they could just, you know, have got down on the training ground and they might have done and just cleared the air or whatever it took. Um, But this, I think, Charlton fans may disagree. I still think that there's a, a very good player in Johnny Williams and a player that's an asset to us. I would my position would be that Boyer isn't getting the best out of those attacking players yet. And and it always seems to be a case of him or Madison or an EK. And I wonder whether Boyer's formation is perhaps not suiting some of those players in the right way, because you could argue none of them, uh, maybe not Chucks, but certainly Marcus and Johnny aren't perhaps performing to their maximum. Now other fans might come back and say, well, it's up to the players to, to fit into Boyer's system. And I get that point of view as well. So I'm not going to argue either way, but my feeling is that, you know, Prattley, Watson at a base and a four men behind them, it's not really what we want to see as Charlton fans. And if there is a way to get Marcus and Johnny into the same team and maybe a Chucks as well, it'd be really interesting to see how that plays out. But, you know, Boya's the manager. He's the one that makes those decisions. I trust Boya. I certainly don't want him sacked. And I don't think many people have been calling for his head, but I know people have been to critical of how he's handled things recently and I agree with some of that but I have full faith in Boyer I'm sure he'll make the right decision and objectively if Johnny isn't going to fit into a Boyer team then Boyer has to make that decision Um, and obviously I'd be gutted personally and I hope that's not the case but that's something that Boyer needs to think about I think excellent stuff right there was something else that Boya wanted to think about this week obviously uh well you may have heard or you may not have heard but Thomas Sangard will be over for the game against AFC Wimbledon uh this weekend so Terry asked Bo uh, if he thought the crowd would live up to his uh, expectations now that Thomas will be there and will give everyone a big G up yeah yeah and, and just just touching on that um like you said oh the, the 1000 made more noise than the 2000 I have to go back on on something I said the other day. So we was the first team to have any fans. It wasn't we like properly two fans, and maybe it's my expectations. You see, like since I've been here, 
the, the fans have always been like, yeah, like we're going to win and uh, we're going to play this great, like exciting football. And, and sometimes it's not like that. That That's the game. And their expectation of us has gone from maybe from there to there. And my expectation from them, from when I was like coach here, went from there to there because their level went from there to there. Do, do you see what I'm saying? So us as a female level went from there to there. The fans level went from there to there. So then when we came back and we obviously that was the first experience for any of us, um, like proper experience with 2000, maybe my expectation was too high of our fans, especially now that we've been a couple of other places where there's been fans in, in the stadiums and watching games on the TV with fans on the, uh, in the stadiums. None of them have been lad, you know, like, but cause I'm so used to going to the Valley and when you have fans in there, it's lad. Maybe my expectation was, was, well, it obviously was too high. Because everywhere else that I've watched on the telly and I've I've been around, like Shrewsbury the other day, it's not as been as loud as what I thought it was going to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, but maybe because it is 2,000. It's only 2,000. And we're used to having like 12, 15, 18, 20,000. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, I'll apologise then. Maybe I set the, the bar too high um, for the fans. But... Hopefully they can just come and, and try and contribute. Thomas is going to be there, from what I understand, which is going to be good. And I hope that he gets uh, a real good welcome that, that he deserves because the, the man has done very well for this football club already. So, uh, yeah, I hope he gets the, the hero's welcome that he deserves. Excellent stuff. Good to hear that Thomas Sangard is going to be here. And as as Bo said, I'm sure he'll get the hero's welcome that he deserves. Probably the right decision, though, Tom, that Bo sort of backtracked a bit on those fans, on the comments about the fans against Milton Keynes. Because, you know, as we know, he, he says what he believes. He says what he sees. Um, some, sometimes that doesn't always work out the way the way you'd want it to, I guess. Yeah, and I said it after the Milton Keynes game. I don't know if I was on the show or not, but I've certainly said it at some point that I agree with bits of his comments in that it was quiet and it did feel strange and the atmosphere was weird. But calling that behaviour out when fans have been sat in freezing cold conditions for best part of three hours by full time, four hours even, and they've just watched a pretty turgid Charlton team lose 1-0 to a team they were expecting to win... Uh, there's an understanding of of why that happened. But yeah, he's backtracked. He, he said it kind of, you know, again, it goes back to his expectations. He's got high expectations of everybody. And we know what the fans can be like at the Valley and he does as well. And so I think it's good that he's clarified that. I don't think there would have been any backlash on Saturday anyway. Um, I'm sure people are, are excited to get back down again. Um, I know, like I said, again, after the game on that Wednesday night, that although the performance wasn't great, just being back at the Valley was great. And if a few more fans have had the opportunity to come down this time or different fans that didn't get that opportunity, then obviously that's really good news as well. So, And then you've got Thomas there, which obviously you mentioned, and that's really exciting. I was lucky enough to be there for the trial game against Doncaster when Thomas was there and saw the reaction he got then, and it was very moving. Um, and so... Yeah, I'm sure he's excited to be back and the fans, as you say, will welcome him as well. So I'm hoping that it will just be a bit more of a, a positive atmosphere um, 
and it, it sounds like a really cheap point, but the weather makes a big difference. It was drizzly, it was cold, it was dark on Tuesday. And sometimes that's not always the best. But if, if it's a bit more sunny on, on Saturday and Thomas is there and people are coming back, some of them for the second time, it might just have a different feel about it. But um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. And, and it's a chance for, for Thomas to see us as well, which which is obviously a good opportunity for him. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. When we come back, we're going to hear from the addict skipper, Jason Pierce. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So we meet again and I offer my hand all dry and English slow. And you look at me and I understand you. Yeah, it's a look I used to know. Good ball out here on the right-hand side of Smith. Smith, ball into the box. And he can hit five! Oh, what a goal! Superb goal by Joan. Brilliantly worked on this right-hand side. Smith with the cross. And Aniko's on hand to bury his header. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview on your Thursday evening. Looking ahead to Saturday's home game, a London derby actually with uh, AFC Wimbledon. Looking forward to that one. We're going to hear from uh, Chris from the Nine Years podcast uh, later on. AFC Wimbledon fan. He gives us a lowdown uh, on Glyn Hodges' side. I've learned his name now. Um, I, 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 I can't remember if I told this story on the pod, but when, when we played Wimbledon in the checker trade at the start of the season over at QPR... Um, not not my proudest moment, but I was you know I sort of turned up to just to cover the Charlton game, but all of us were mainly concentrating on the um the court case that was going through that evening. So I re- I really hadn't done much prep to the game. I was just there to get out of the house really, and um went to interview Bo at full time, and then saw that the AFC Wimbledon press guy had made their manager wait for me because uh, I was covering officially for South London Press, and they're one of our clubs. And he's our like, oh, uh, our manager's ready, and I was walking up thinking, I don't I don't even know what his name is. <laughs> this is going to be an embarrassing interview. And just did the most bland, boring three minute interview. Really nice bloke though, and I've learnt his name ahead of Saturday when I will have to interview him again. But uh, right, Jason Pierce, the uh, captain, um, 
Uh, he finally made his first league appearance of the season uh, against Shrewsbury. Lasted the 90 minutes. He played that 45, didn't he, uh, against Leighton Orient in the Pizza Cup. But he's played all 90 uh, up at the New Meadow on Saturday. I caught up with the Addict Skipper and asked him how it felt to be back in the lineup. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm delighted to be back. I've been working as, as hard as I can, really, to, to be back. I feel... I felt like I was ready before today, but um, the manager wanted me to get more minutes, and, and I, I, I obliged. And I always, I just want to play football, so I, I asked him if I could play in the 23s. I played in the 23s on Monday, played 90 minutes, um, and if he felt like I needed more, I would have played more. Um, so I respect the manager's decision, and, and, and thought I was fortunate enough to get my chance today, and, and hopefully I done done well enough for him. But I just keep working hard. Obviously, I mean, Charlton have needed the, the centre backs back. Um, I mean, obviously, um, Gunter and, and Prattley have done a done a job there and done quite well. But it's it's much better when you have your your, your proper centre backs playing in position. No, they've been they've been they've been great both both of them, and um, I've been watching the games and and wanting them to do well. You know, I want us to do do well, and the main thing is that, that Charlton win. Um, but obviously, we've had a few bad results recently, and. I was hoping to get my opportunity back in the team and, and I've waited um, and hopefully I've, I've done well enough today. Um, obviously I'm going to be a little bit rusty but um, the more games I play the better I'll, I'll get and hopefully I can help the team in, in the long run. Obviously it's, it's a department quite strong in really when everyone's fit um, the, the four centre-backs so there's a lot of competition for you there. Yeah, no, for sure and uh, that's what it's about. It's just important that we've got um, competition. Uh, I've never been the type of person to to think my, my place is cemented in the team and I know I've got to work hard and, and play well to keep my place I've been, I've been given the opportunity today to, to, to keep my shirt and hopefully I've done that hopefully the gaffer saw what I can do defensively and, and we'll keep, I'll keep on working hard like I said What are you making of the form at the moment because obviously we've had that great run and now there's just been a bit of inconsistency over the last few weeks what have you made of the, the recent performances I guess it's, it's so relentless at the moment it must be quite hard to, to keep that consistency going Yeah I mean at the start of the season we t- we kept a lot of players fit and we had the same sort of team and we went on a bit of a run and now now the, the games are coming thick and fast like they do in this league and and we, we get getting different injuries and but we've got a good squad so we, we want to be up there and, and we know we should be seeing this this game out um, but it was it was a tough game and every every game's tough in this league like you said we went to Burton you can't you, people on the outside expect us to win that game and and, and we got we got beaten 4-2 and rightly so so Every game's going to be tough and we've got to be up for the fight and then we've got to play our football. So we, we'll, we'll, we'll reflect on the game and, and uh, hopefully we'll put it right on uh, next next week. And just finally, I mean, we, we've seen a bit of a ruthless streak from, from Lee Bayer over the last few weeks. He took Omar off early in, in the Burton game and did, did similar with, with, with Johnny today. Um, is it difficult to keep up to the levels that he's expecting in this sort of this, this, uh, this, this run of so many games in, in such a short space of time? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been here a while now. I've been with, with Bowyer from the start, and he demands a lot from from every player. Um, and, and if, and like you say, if, he's, if you're not to that level, then he takes you off, or you don't play, and that's that's just the end of it. So that's why I think he obviously we've had a lot. He's brought in a lot of players, and they've got they've hit the ground running. To be fair to the boys who have come in, they've done really well. So, um, but now it's about the squad. And using using everyone and needing everyone, um, and like you said, yeah, Johnny. I think Johnny might have picked up a little little bit of a niggle or um, hurt his hip, but no, yeah, he, he, he's his own man, the manager, and you have got to make sure you work hard for him. And as captain, I guess when when something like that does happen, do you take take yourself over to those players to have a word with them and to keep them motivated? And yeah, of course, yeah, that's uh, that's that's definitely something that I'll, I'll, I will do. I have done, and I'll continue to do because I think it's important when if the managers had a go at someone or whatever it is something negative then it's important that I'm I'm there to, to try and help and pick him up pick him up and, and make sure they're all right mentally and 
they go again. So that's important. Great to hear from Jason Pierce on this week's Charlton Live. Uh, I mean, before we talk about his comments on Bo's managerial style, uh, Tom, I mean, how important is it that we actually have some centre-backs at centre-back? You know, him playing alongside Akin Fainwo, and you'd expect to see the two go again. I, I, I think I saw 12 weeks put on uh, Ryan Innes's injury in, in one of Richard's pieces this week. So it does look like he's going to be out for a very long time. Um, and uh, Deji's sort of edging back to fitness now. But uh, how how important is it to have two centre-backs at centre-back? And, and, and your captain as well. He can be a real leader for us. Yeah, it's absolutely crucial. And I think that, that last point is hugely important, that, that leadership that he has. And, you know, we've got experienced players who've filled in there and defensive midfielder in, in Watson and, and Prattley. But Pierce knows the club a lot better. Well, maybe not a lot more than Prattley, but certainly a lot more than Ben Watson. And as you say, just technically can do that job well. Um, Prattley at centre-back has obviously been a bit mixed. There's been some games where he's looked great and he did it a little bit last season in a back three that worked well. And then there's been other games where the partnership just just hasn't worked really. And Gunter's been as at fault. You know, he obviously made a big mistake at Burton and there's been a couple of other sloppy mistakes that they've made. So I think, look, they're both very technically gifted footballers but in terms of their position and their communication with the rest of the back four they're just not able to do that perhaps at the same level that Jason Pierce is you know he's got all that experience at that position so yeah it's really good to have him back I was obviously there at the the Leighton Orient game and although we were playing obviously a team from the league below I thought actually they played some very nice football at times but he marshaled that back four quite well in the first half and yeah it's good that he's now back to full fitness and Hopefully he can certainly be in the side for a little while now. It'll be interesting once Innes and Deji are back what Boya chooses to do. But at the moment, as you say, you'd expect it to be him and Famwo. And with Famwo obviously fairly inexperienced, it's good to have him alongside him to be able to kind of guide him through some of the games as well. And it's very easy to say, oh, we finally got two centre-backs back and then we concede a goal. But actually it's, it's going to take a little while for them to gel because they're not played together. Same as what we spoke about earlier with the rest of the squad. But... You know, that's their that's their position. And it frees up Prattley to be able to do more going forward. It frees up Gunter to, to play it right back and him and Matthews to kind of link in and out or swap in and out. So it also frees up those players as well. Um, as I'd argue, Ben Watson probably needs a bit of a break. So maybe Prattley can be the, the defensive midfielder. So, yeah, it's just positive news all round, really. Mm. Now, obviously, with, with Piercy being the captain, I thought he'd be one of the, one of the better players to ask about you know, Bayer's managerial style, the, the harshness of, of, of the decision against Johnny Williams and a similar decision he made uh, with Omar Bogle, you know, taking them off not so long after they've come on or not so long after the, the game has started for Omar up at Burton. Um, and, and obviously also asking Piercy because of his role as captain, how he would personally go and deal with a player who's who's been through that situation. But it it gives you a bit of an insight as to how as to how the players see Bowyer's managerial style. You know, Jason's answer was effectively if if you're not working to the levels that he's expecting, you're not going to play. So the players know that they have to be on the very top of their game. I mean, were you surprised by the way that, that Jason answered that or did you find it quite interesting? found it interesting yeah I wouldn't say I'm surprised because I think that's come across from Bowyer from day one you know if if you don't play the way he wants then or put the effort in that he wants I should say then you're not going to get picked and obviously as a fan you really want to hear that I think what's strange is perhaps 
some of the decisions he makes based on that criteria. And I'm not sure necessarily I always agree with that. But as fans, uh, you know, we've said it plenty of times on this podcast and it's, I think it's up in the tunnel at the Valley, isn't it? That the team is going to give 100%. And, and that's all you want from fans. You know, we're not, we haven't got necessarily got the best players in the world, but we, we want a squad and players that, that work hard and that work for each other. And if we go back to talking about those other squads that have got promotion from this league or that have even done well further in the past, that's one thing that I think you would always say is we've always had a team that work hard and work for each other. And yeah, it's really reassuring that the Boya demands that from people and you definitely be, need to be the right sort of personality. I know we've gone after Marcus Madison for a while, for example, but I know there's been questions about his work ethic previously, whether they're true or not. You know, we I think I don't really care. Let's wait and see what he does at Charlton. But you'd imagine that if somebody is someone who's trying to shirk a bit of responsibility, then Boya's going to pick him up on it. So as a fan, I think it's a really positive thing, really, because you and that, uh, maybe that's why we were so surprised at the Milton Keynes result because there's not been very many you probably count them on one hand where it doesn't really look like the team are putting that 100% in and I would argue that was one of those games where it felt a bit like that so um, yeah hopefully there's not too many more of them and from the sounds of what Jason says Boyer is is not going to let that happen too often and, and I think as a fan that's a positive thing. Lovely stuff. Right, some exciting news ahead of Saturday's home game uh, with AFC Wimbledon. Exciting, particularly for the fans who can't be there. And I won't be the one to tell you. In fact, I'm going to bring in Mr. Scott Minto. Hello, I'm Scott Minto, and I'm absolutely delighted to be here at the Valley today. Watch Charlton versus Wimbledon on Saturday on Valley Pass Live, which is the club's new improved multi-camera streaming service. I'll be joined by Jason Yule and also the owner, Thomas Sangard. Get your live match pass now to watch all the action and also be in with a chance to win one of the club's infamous Range Rovers. So get your streaming pass and we'll see you on Saturday. There we go then. There's been a radical overhaul of the Valley Pass system and uh, former Charlton player Scott Minto will be hosting a pre-game uh, and a post-game show and a half-time show. He's doing it all uh, on uh, on Saturday uh, from the Valley. Special guests, uh, including Jason Yuan, of course, Thomas Sangard, uh, who's flying over. Um, it sounds like they've they've really they've really worked hard on, on getting this together. They're using the same people who stream who've been streaming uh, as well as quite a few high pro like really high profile events. But also, I, I know they've done the the streaming over at Bromley Football Club this season. That's been a really professional little package they put together. So that's something quite exciting. Obviously, you still get Greg and Terry commentating away so you won't miss out on on hearing their voices but it's just an, an additional little thing and it sounds like they're uh, really improving the the product Tom and obviously you know when, when you do have to watch the games from home you want it to be really good and not having Snoop Dogg cutting in while Terry's speaking so I'm really excited to see how this works and in, in, in Scott Minto don't forget he's been working for Sky Sports up until up until last season that's that's actually quite a big coup to to get someone like him to present the show for him. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it. Um, I'm hoping I'll be able to watch a little bit of the pregame stuff whilst I'm in the ground on Saturday because I'm lucky enough to have a ticket for Saturday and Tuesday, so I'm not going to benefit from it for the next couple of games. But look, I've been lucky enough to do some commentating on Valley Pass and I always love doing it. And I can't speak for Greg and Terry, but I know we want the service to be the best it possibly can for fans. And I know a lot of fans have come to it kind of out of necessity since the pandemic because they've been forced to watch the game from home. And I know that there are issues with it that, that people are, are frustrated with. And 
when I am not on on it and I'm watching, I find the adverts, you know, frustrating as well. And there isn't much around the game. And I think it's just another sign of Sangar bringing that sort of professionalism to the club, thinking a little bit outside the box, going the extra mile and and doing some more with, with a service because it would be very easy to say, well, do you know what? We're not going to bother because we're getting quite a lot of listeners anyway or viewers anyway and we're happy with the service we've got. But he's not prepared to do that. He wants to do a little bit more. And that's why he's brought these these people in, in terms of the commercial director and stuff like that, to try and think of these extra ideas. So, yeah, I think it's great. Um, it, it just brings something extra to it. I think a couple of years ago we did Facebook Live, didn't we, for a while? Um, I know Ollie's bringing back 1905 on the club's Twitter. It's just that engagement with fans, it, it really is important. And particularly at this time when not everybody's able to get back to the ground, it's a, it's a real opportunity to engage with fans and, and give them a bit more content, I guess. So, yeah, a definite positive step. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets and emails that have come in this week. Then I've been asking for your views as to what you'd like to see change. Uh, Robert Chilvers emailed, actually, um, and I think in relation to something that came up on the show on Sunday, uh, says, uh, Prattley and Watson, a small point for some fans to note that the eight-game unbeaten run from Sunderland to Gillingham, both Prattley and Watson did start in five of those games. So, I mean, that is a, a partnership that people have been calling to be broken up. They think it's too defensive, perhaps two sort of defensive-minded midfielders, Tom, but it, it does show that it has helped us win games. And again, maybe this comes back to a little bit when Bo's been talking about finding different ways of winning those games. Yeah, I think there are definitely some games where it's worth it and there's some games where it's not. And I would argue over the past two or three games, I don't think we've seen the best out of Ben Watson. And so then maybe is it a case, and we haven't really been able to drop him out of the team because Prattley's been playing centre-back. So... It's those kind of things that as the squad comes back and Boya has a little bit more option in terms of rotation, he can maybe do more of. As I said a little bit earlier, I'd like to see if there is a game or an opportunity that comes up, him try and get more attacking players into a into a side um, and see if that's possible. As But yeah, I, I have got no problem, certainly with Darren Prattley, the last two, two and a half years, I think he's he's been a huge asset for us. And Ben Watson, in terms of his career, we know what a capable player he is. I don't think we've seen the best of him overall just yet. Um, but maybe that's just going to take a bit of time for him to gel in as well. So I'd be surprised if anyone has called them out as bad players or anything like that. I think it's just of the last few games, and particularly when you're losing every game, it feels like Boyer is picking those two for every single game and playing very defensively. And it's probably not the case at all. But it's just you look around for scapegoats, don't you? And, and they're often the players that are going to stand out because they're more defensively minded. But they're definitely both big assets for the team going forward for the season. Mm, right. John Charles White says, we only see what we see in relation to the Johnny Williams uh, substitution. He may have been sent on with specific instructions to which he failed to adhere. The manager is the boss and his job depends on result. I wonder what... Thomas Sangard's view is of recent matches. He will have objectives which the management team must deliver. Uh, right, Cass, uh, he uh, tweets in, uh, looking forward to Saturday's game with Thomas back and hopefully an enthusiastic crowd. Uh, we desperately need to see the team go out there uh, with fire in their bellies and a few more ideas uh, and uh, to be more forward thinking. The sideways and backwards passing needs to stop. Come on, you Reds. Right, Mikey says, Boya 
will approach the game with the players he has. Would like to see Washington up front uh, with Madison behind. No Chucks or Bogle. Watson or Prattley, but not both uh, prefer Prattley. Johnny Williams to start. Fans, uh, no, it shouldn't be posting that we're going to win five or six uh, uh, as per MK and Shrews. Managers would just put up that put that up in their dressing room uh, as uh, motivation. They'll find it disrespectful and delusional. I don't think I've seen many people predicting we're going to win that one, five or six. I don't, but there you go, Ryan. Big Tone says, hopefully we'll keep a clean sheet uh, with a solid defensive performance and penetrate the spaces that Wimbledon will leave open when they press us. Teams have realised when they press us high, we can't seem to create too much. Hopefully it's something we have worked on. Well, we're going to find out in a few seconds how Wimbledon, uh, how we expect Wimbledon to play against us because I spoke to a Wimbledon fan earlier. We'll have a quick break and then we'll be back here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. Shinny prepares to take. Shinny takes. It's a shot. Oh, great break. The power was too strong for Eastwood. He dived to his left, but it's past him. And Shinny, who got the assist for the first goal, now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick. And Charlton, just before halftime, make it two. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview. So it's AFC Wimbledon coming to the Valley uh, this weekend. I wanted to find out a little bit more about the Don, so I spoke to Chris from the Nine Years podcast. And I said to him, well, actually, considering there always seem to be relegation fodder, uh, the Dons, who are sitting in mid-table, actually seem to be having a bit of an OK season. <laughs> OK, that about sums it up. Right down the middle, yeah. <laughs> I think it's 5-5-5 five, five, and five now we've got. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's where we want to be at the minute. Um, we could be doing better, but we could be doing a lot worse, I think. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, because expectations from from the outside from Wimbledon side, I guess it, it tends to be about survival first in this division. Is is that is that a fair point? Oh, 100 percent. Um, we, we've so obviously since our reformation, we've been uh, we started off being a big fish in small pond, but now we're very much the opposite. So to even get to League One when we did was probably a bit before our time. But now we've got the new ground, we should be able to push on. It's just a case of getting the fans back so we can actually win some games. Mm, yeah. So what about the the performances recently? Then obviously a massive win over over Peterborough a couple of weeks ago, followed up by by a heavy defeat against Bristol Rovers. But I mean, overall, do you think Dons have been playing well this season? Well, it sort of sums us up in a sentence, doesn't it? One week we'll play out for skins, and the next week we'll be appalling. Um, we've been okay. We 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 tend to not hold on to the ball a lot. So uh, when we do play, you guys uh, expect about sixty seventy percent of possession. Um, and we we do play a lot on the break, and we have got the players to do that. What's happened is that our back five, because we we play quite an expansive back line, um, changes week in week out, and I think we need to get a settled back line in order to be able to get any real momentum going. But as I say, um, as long as we're sort of in that middle section of the, of the table um, from here to the end of the season, I think we'll all be happy. Yeah, and tell us about the manager, Glenn Hodges. Um, been, been there for a while now, hasn't he? After taking over from Wally Downs, I interviewed him actually after the. Um checker trade game and he seems like a nice bloke I mean what sort of uh, what sort of uh, reputation has he got amongst the uh, AFC Wimbledon fans well he caught another ex-player same as Wally um, he was with us in the 80s uh, lovely chap really pleasant to speak to so he was actually Wally's assistant to start with and then when Wally was let go um Glenn, Glenn carried on. Um, he's really personable, very approachable. Always, always has a word for everyone. Really nice chap, um, and he's and he's doing great guns so far. And he's he's managed. It's always nice to have an ex-player involved. Um, 
certainly our last few managers have all been ex-players uh, with Ardley and Downs obviously being exes of ours whether um, certain other teams like that or not they are our ex-players and they'll just have to deal with it um, and yeah he's, he's doing great with what he's got and hopefully we can push on from here mm, and uh, well, an ex-Cholton player seems to be uh, one of your more exciting uh, players at the moment Joe Pigger he's already got eight goals in the league this season I mean when he was at Charlton, he, he was very young, so I don't think we ever really saw him fulfil his potential. But he went down into non-league, and now he's come back up, uh, and and he seems to be doing very well with Wimbledon. Yeah, it's, it's a, it was a nice surprise. Obviously, when he came, he wasn't particularly trumpeted. He came from non-league. We knew about his uh, previous, um, and he wasn't setting the world on fire. But he's turning it around now, and he's, he's really showing his class. Um, should we say a pleasant surprise? Um, I'm really pleased for him, actually, because he, he's a nice guy as well. I've spoken to him a few times at Kings Meadow before the lockdown. He's, he just seems a genuinely nice chap, so I'm, I'm made up for him, and he's obviously great for us, too. Yeah. And, of course, you mentioned Kings Meadow there. Happily, now that Wimbledon have moved out of there, that was obviously outgrew that place unfortunately but um such a shame that that because because of the the restrictions and now the new ground sort of being ready but not quite that you, you still can't actually go to games it must be so painful it's about the right measure of how we go about things at Wimbledon uh, it's just there or thereabouts yeah unfortunately um uh, we sort of overshot a little bit um they're still basically building the concourses that's the problem you can't have the fans in because you can't move around the ground without tripping over a scaffolding pole or a load of cement bags so it's 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 nearly there and then hopefully we can start getting fans back in um and it'll look a lot better but it i mean the ground looks fabulous from all the pictures i've seen and, and all the stuff that's being linked through social media and our crest's just gone up on the outside of it i think today they were just putting it up there it's all backlit looks very fancy so can't wait looking forward to it yeah should be excellent so looking ahead then to Saturday at the Valley how do you see this one going what do you think the game will oh, be great. like do you think Wimbledon will make it difficult for Charlton they'll try um, <laughs> I, um, it's hard to say uh, it depends which version of this turns up it'll be nice to have had a little bit of a rest uh, we did put out a very strong team in the, in the trophy we don't talk about and don't support um, in midweek and we beat the Arsenal kids um, so, but unfortunately, we were, when we were locked down for a couple of weeks because one of our players tested positive, or a couple of our coaching staff think tested positive, so we didn't play for about 10, 14 days, um, including missing out in the first round of the FA Cup. So we had to then catch to play catch up, and I think for only one week we played Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So we were knackered by the end of it, and I think we're starting to even ourselves out a bit now. We're getting back into a routine, and hopefully. We can press on. We will. We will try and pack the midfield and defensive area, stop you playing around us, and hit you on the break. That's pretty much what we're going to do. We always do, and that's why I mess with the winning formula, except when we lose. Thanks to Chris for joining us on Charlton Live. Yeah, Wimbledon doing all right actually, Tom, aren't they? It's not something you'd actually normally expect to say about a Wimbledon side. They normally sort of struggling in in this division. I remember they beating us a couple of times, but yeah, you know, with with, with their new stadium coming along, and if they can just sort of stay up this year maybe and, and then look to build in, in the next couple of years you think that that will sort of start to be the, the club sort of being reborn and going up the leagues again and obviously actually in, in Joe Piggott they've got a player who we we know all about but actually he's actually obviously clearly turned into a much better player than than the one that was here at the Valley a few years ago but clearly their their, their main aim for Saturday is to, to come to the Valley and be a team that's going to be very difficult to to break down yeah definitely there is uh there's a blueprint that other teams have set recently of how to play against Charlton, and that is sit back, try and soak up the pressure, um, because we have 
to break teams like that down in, in recent weeks. And I'm sure that they will be aware of that. As you say, if they're then able to hit us on a counter-attack, they've got a striker who at level has proven himself in the past few years to be a very good one. Um, and as you say, certainly more than the kind of nervous young teenager that got thrown in at a level probably beyond him uh, at that stage in his career. Um, so yeah, they're, they're not a bad side at all. They're a side that we've struggled against in, in recent years as well. I think I mentioned on the pod the other week about that 1-0 away defeat we had um, a couple of years ago when Bowyer had some choice words for Nikia Jose. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not going to be an easy game and the person who tweeted in is right. Whether, whether they're going to pin stuff up on their wall, I don't know, but there is certainly a feeling that uh, probably guilty of it as well, that we were going to find this league a lot more comfortable than we are doing. Um, and we have to give every team in this league respect um, because they're, they're good sides and they've got wins against the likes of Peterborough already this season, haven't they, I think? So, yeah, they're, they're doing fine. Uh, I don't know what they expect this year, but as you say, they're looking ahead a couple of years to get back in that or start to build in that new stadium. Obviously, they're there now and, and start to try and progress and, and move their way up. So, yeah, it, it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch. But having said all that, I would still expect us to, especially at home, and I know there's not going to be a huge amount of fans in there, but especially at home, I would expect us to to get a result. Um, Bowyer, I'd imagine, would be hugely disappointed if we don't get a win. But that doesn't mean it's going to be an easy game at all. Certainly doesn't. Right, let's hear from the Addicts boss, Lee Bayer, what he makes of uh, Wimbledon coming up this weekend. But also, first of all, starts off with an injury update on Dylan Levitt, uh, Deji Oshalaja and Marcus Madison. So Dylan, um, Deji and Marcus have all trained, uh, been training. So um, the other one is Shinny. No, Shinny's not ready. Um, Shinny's not ready yet. He's, he's fire. He's still got something wrong with his fire. So um, it's one of them where we've just got to play it by ear at the moment. But the other three are back in and, and training. So, um, yeah. Um, and Wimbledon on Saturday, of course. Um, aside from their last league result, uh, and obviously uh, we've played them already, but most of their games have been quite tight affairs. Uh, odd goal here and there or draws. Are you expecting the same sort of game this weekend? Yeah, they're difficult to break down, Terry. I've watched them a few times. They're difficult. Um, they beat Peterborough the other week. Peterborough are a good side. They was top not so long ago. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they've got Piggott up top, handful problems, cause your problems in the box. Um, they've got middle and people in the middle of the park, good energy. Solid, they drop into a back five. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's going to be tough. Like we have to be patient on on Saturday. If there's one thing that, that the word I'm going to be using with the players is patient, because we're not just going to go there and, and run over the top of them and steamroll them because no one's done that. Um, so yeah, they're, they're well organised and um, it's going to be it's going to be tough. People might look at last weekend's results. And see the Bristol Rovers beaten four two. It wasn't a four two game. I've watched it. Um, so yeah, it, it took a long time. It was like first half of craziness, three two at half time. <laughs> it was mad. Um, I think two of the goals were from set pieces. So it's not just like in open play. They're they're definitely difficult to break down. But again, we're at home. We'll have our fans there again, and uh, 
it is a game that, that I expect us to, to win. But I expect us to win every game. That's the way I am. So um, we, as long as we do the right things, Terry, we can't just turn up and, and carry players. No matter who you play in any division, if you carry two or three players, you're not going to win the game. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. So we all have to be at it from the beginning. There we go. So, Bo, you're obviously expecting a tough game and uh, says that patience will be the name of the game Saturday, Tom. And, you know, if it is a Wimbledon side that are going to sit back and make it difficult for us, and then it will be interesting, again, really, to see how the crowd react to that as well because between us, we're all going to have to be very patient and hope that Charlton can find a way to, to grind out a result against a Wimbledon side that are going to be very dogged and make it very difficult. Yeah, and I think if... Again, can't speak for every fan, but for me, if I'm there and I see us trying to break a team down, trying forward passes that aren't coming off, trying players making runs, of course I'm still going to be frustrated if we can't break them down, but at least I see that that intent is there. If I go back to the MK Dons game, which I know is just a game, but it's an easy one to compare against, um, although MK Dons won't, uh, sorry, Wimbledon won't appreciate me comparing them to that game, but it seemed like we were just lots of sideways passing. Then we were starting to lump it long and there was very, very little movement amongst the the attacking players. And that's frustrating because as a fan, you know that that's not going to break a team down. Whereas if that intent's there, then I think largely the fans will still be behind the team and they'll applaud the work ethic. Again, like we said earlier in the show, this is a team that, that doesn't give up. And if we see that from the team, okay, we might be frustrated and we might need to be patient, but... As I said, we've got the quality to beat AFC Wimbledon, without a doubt. It's just about playing our game and not dropping down to to sideways passing or to lumping it long or not doing what we're good at. If we do the basics and we pass short and we move quickly, we will win the game. It's, it's as simple as that. So I think that's what the fans hopefully will see. <clears throat> so, I mean, are, are there any sort of changes that you'd expect to see for this weekend? I mean, up top... Chuck started, didn't he, against Shrewsbury? We probably have one of his more quiet games. Uh, you know, is, is, is that rotation will, will be an option, I guess, for for Bo. And then I can't see too many changes in defence. And well, in, in the midfield, well, I, I'm, I'm guessing Johnny Williams isn't going to be involved. But you never know, really. So, I mean, is there anyone who you're desperate to see back in the side? That's the one I'm really interested to see is what he does with Johnny. Because as I say, if it was me, and again, I know I caveat it by what I think of him, but. I'd be chucking him straight in and saying, all right, prove me wrong and see what he does. Um, I'd I'd hope that just one of, of Prattley or Watson. Um, and so, yeah, midfield, it always seems to be midfield that is, is interesting with us. I think up front, I didn't see the game on Saturday, but obviously he didn't score. And you've just said there that Anike had a bit of a quiet game. Um, it sounds really unfair on him, but he does make a, a brilliant impact off the bench. And, you know, some players are just like that. So, whether he goes with somebody else from the start and looks to bring him on, then there's no harm in having options off the bench, particularly while we've got the five substitutions. So, yeah, I'd expect largely the back four and, and obviously Amos to stay the same. But I could see a couple of changes in the midfield and, and up front. I'm not entirely sure who they will be yet. But uh, as you say, that rotation is important because we have then got another game on Tuesday night. So Boya may well have that at the back of his mind. Excellent stuff. Right, let's very quickly then have your prediction for the game. Uh, I'm going to say 2-0, Charlton. Nice. I will take that all day long. Right, we've run out of time on this week's big match preview. Thanks to all of you who've listened uh, all the way to the end. Thanks to Tom for joining me on this week's show. Cheers, Louis. 
Good to have you on here. We'll be back here, don't forget, on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against the Dons and, of course, ahead to Tuesday's game with Bristol Rovers at the Valley. We look forward to speaking to you again then, but we'll say goodbye to now. Let's hope that the Addicts can pick up three points at home on Saturday. We'll see you later. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.